0: Welcome to Lead and Lift with Shabade Jaglal Ramnath, the podcast where we work with high achieving moms in leadership on their communication and confidence. Now, our host, Shabade.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Lead and Lift. I am your host, Shabade Jaglal Ramnath, and today I have a special guest with us, Ashley Cook. Now, some of you may remember Ashley from previous episodes. However, today we have something brand new to share with you. Ashley, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Shabade. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. (laughs) So before
1: Ashley, before we hopped on this podcast, Ashley and I were having a conversation and we have this amazing topic to share with you today. But I'll let Ashley share a little bit about herself first before we we tell you more about that topic. So Ashley, just share a little bit about your story as to how you got to being an entrepreneur today.
0: Sure. So, I mean, if we want to go way back, it was a warm, sunny day in Texas <laughs> when I was born. Now, you know, growing up, I I never even thought about business. You know, I was a theater major, not theater major. I was really into theater in high school and love stage managing, but when it came time to like go to college, I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? You, know, I like to do stage managing, managing, management, business. I'll study business. And so I went into business school and and frankly, I hated it for three out of the four years. It was not I just I didn't have anything to ground it in. I didn't have the work experience to like connect it with, but I kept on doing it. And after that, launched into a 13-year career in corporate America, working for the you know, Fortune 500s and largely in the consumer goods industry, learned a ton, for better or for worse. And then in April 2020, I left corporate to pursue entrepreneurship full-time. And uh, since then, I've become a copywriter, copy coach, messaging coach, helping other business owners to um, craft clear and specific messaging that that moves their audience.
1: That's awesome. And Ashley started off with that warm sunny day because like she said, she is a copywriter. So she puts beautiful things together. So Ashley, you've had that journey from corporate into entrepreneurship. What is the main thing that you've learned from
0: that journey? Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) you know, we were laughing about this before, but it, um, being an entrepreneur, you, you learn and you expand in so many different ways. Right. So like when I think about there, there are transferable skills from when I was in corporate to owning my own business, right? Like the business acumen, like there's a lot of that that carried forward professional storytelling. Some of those things carried forward. So, but moving into a physical goods to an online service based product was very different. So there was a lot of learning around that. There was learning around launch strategies and, you know, virtual network because we were in a pandemic, right? So how do you adjust and pivot? And I'm like, how do I pivot? I just launched full time. Like, how do I even, I'm not even old enough to pivot. And so there was a lot of learning in, in the especially in that 2020 era of the, just the marketplace shifts, you know, shifting dynamically and continuously. So there was a lot of that, but really I would say beyond the strategies, beyond the tactics, beyond you know the offers and the marketing and all that jazz i didn't realize how much of a mindset gauntlet like a mindset boot camp that i was signing up for i just um was obliviously enrolled into it through experience and i would say the mindset work the inner the inner identity work has been whoo it's been something
1: <laughs> and actually i'm glad you shared that because pivot was the word in 2020 And many of us, including me, hopped in, you know, from a corporate environment that I've been in all my life into this digital economy to learn, hey, what's this about? So it was a big learning opportunity. You talked about the strategies and the launches and all of that. Those are things that we can be taught and we can learn and then we can execute and we can do. But I love that you've talked about the mindset thing. So Ashley, how would you... You know, if, if you're describing mindset to me, what comes up for you? Can you give
0: me an example? Dumpster fires, just so many dumpster fires. No, um, I. so it's, it's a few things, right? So from 13 years in corporate, so I resigned. My last day was on a Friday. I launched full-time into my business the following Monday. So I didn't take a break. I didn't even do what I was taught to do in corporate, which is pause, reflect, even if it's briefly say what, what worked, what didn't work, what do I want to carry forward? I didn't do that. I carried forward that intensity and that pressure and that, that drive without really understanding how that was going to impact my business. So that was really, you know, a lot of the mindset that I had that frankly served me well in corporate was not going to serve me as well as an entrepreneur stack that on top of, all the things that, you know, childhood wounds and the inherited beliefs and limiting beliefs that I wasn't even aware of at the time, but that were that again, had served me well in corporate and now were at some point what I would soon learn when I started my business is that they would actually start crippling me as a business owner. So, for example, perfectionism. I have always been like the hyperachiever, the one who goes above and beyond, and, you know, exemplary performer honor roll student, like all the, all the things, um, whether it was in corporate or even as a kid. And again, those are all great. They're high achievement, high achievement type of things. But when you carry perfectionism over into being an entrepreneur that can paralyze you, it will keep you from launching because you're trying to, you're waiting until everything is perfect. So that was a big, that was, that's a really big example of something that I've had to work on that actually stems from s- some habits and experiences from when I was a kid. But, you know, that's like a three decade old habit. (laughs) I'm glad you called out
1: that perfectionism because for a lot of us, we have that quality and sometimes we don't even know it. Right. Like you said, on a roll, you know, going above and beyond. And I'm like, yeah, check, check, check. But when it comes to taking action and implementing, does it hold you back? Because the only way to perfect something is you put it out there and you make it better and you make it better and you make it better like you iterate it before it becomes perfect whereas i understand what you're saying as entrepreneurs if you have that perfectionism you know thing you hold it back and you don't even release it because you want it to be perfect but you know what it's never going to be
0: perfect until you put it out there and you work on it it's true and i think of you know when i think about perfectionism within corporate it was, you know, the drive to go, it wasn't hard to go above and beyond because that was my own internal wiring, right? Like that was just what I did. I held myself to my own high standards. No one's standards could be higher than my own. That was just just been welcome to Ashley. It's a joke. It's part of my charm. But what I found was in corporate when you're, there's a weakness or something that you're not as you don't excel at, like you aggressively go after it, but you're taught to position it very differently. But when you're an entrepreneur, you're encouraged to launch imperfectly. You're encouraged to lean into the things that may feel uncomfortable. And you know, that's it took me, you know, these past two and a half years to learn that leaning into resistance is a good thing. Leaning into imperfection is a good thing. Launching something without having all the information or feeling even comfortable or having it built out in advance, things that I would have never ever considered doing in corporate or even younger version of me, like that's how you succeed as an entrepreneur. You have to take that risk. But it always had felt so scary and not even within my realm of understanding before I became an entrepreneur. So it was, whew, that was a tough one.
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm glad you're sharing a lot of that with corporate because the thing that we also have in corporate that maybe we haven't set up yet in our business is corporate is a lot of systems and processes and there's a lot of guardrails so you know what is average and you know what is high performing so you're able to do that and accelerate. Whereas in your
0: own business, sometimes we fail to set up those guardrails. Oh my gosh. And I, so I'm so glad you brought it up because that is something that I have, I really missed and loved about corporate. I am a process nerd. I'm a systems nerd. My background, my undergrad was in supply chain. So I have high value for structure and guardrails and creativity within that, right? Like being able to have, being empowered and whatnot. But one of the things that I've learned is there's so much benefit and so much value within having your systems. And I think that is something that I'm, I'm, It's not always emphasized within entrepreneurship and even within corporate, it's not, depending on your function, like it may not be as emphasized, but it's so critical, especially if you're looking at growing beyond you, if you're wanting to shift from being a freelancer or a solopreneur into actually leading a business, those processes and those systems are going to be really crucial to to your growth and really your sustainability, you know, so that you don't burn out, fizzle out, or, you know, if you, if you have a child or if you get sick, or if you want to go on vacation, the business doesn't crumble, but it's, yeah, it's something that, that's super important. I I I had another point and then it left, but it's, yeah, because I I started nerding out on systems.
1: (laughs) It's okay, Ashley. I love that you talk about that because another thing in corporate is that we always have a boss to blame when things don't go right. <laughs> However, when you're a business owner and you stand in that mirror, you're the one to blame when the business isn't growing or what's falling apart or you don't have the systems. And that mindset we were talking about is something that causes things to not go well.
0: Oh my gosh, no truer words have ever been spoken. The thing that I love about that I've learned about myself is, so I learned this actually through, I took a, the expanded, the strength Clifton Strength Finders. And I learned that visionary is not one of my top strengths. And as a leader of your own company, visionary is incredibly important. And I was started looking back and I realized, you know what, I think a part of it, part of it's my wiring, right? But part of it is you have other things that rank higher in terms of strengths, but it's also... Within, when you're you're an employee at a company, especially in those early years, you don't have to flex a visionary muscle. You're given the vision. You're employed into and supporting the vision of the company, so you never really have to extend your horizons too far. So then you become an entrepreneur, and you're the vision caster and the ta- the executioner and you know, CEO and the janitor. You're everything. But yeah, your point about like I had this realization of the you know when when you're when things don't go well, you can blame the man, but when you own business, like you're the man and it's, what do you do whenever you end up, you know, creating something that you don't like that has enchained you or in, like, has just limited and restricted you whenever, you know, so I got, and I'm speaking theoretical, very practically. One of the reasons why I started my business was I wanted to have more, I mean, a lot of us want to have more freedom. How did that look for me? I wanted to have location and time. You know, freedom. I didn't want to necessarily have to ask, you know, permission for every hour. Like if I needed to go run an errand or whatnot, Um, or if I wanted to take a vacation. But what I found was, because of some of those habits I was carrying over and mindset stuff, I didn't even know was going on behind the scenes with me. I ended up creating something that I didn't like, and I had that rude awakening actually just a few months ago, and was it was a very difficult moment for me to realize everything that I've built, everything that I've created. I don't like this. And I'm the one responsible for it, which is great. And also like a big like womp womp.
1: (laughs) It's okay, Ashley, because, you know, how I think about this is we're building something with Lego blocks. Yes, my kids love Lego. So I use Lego analogies all the time. But, you know, we you attempted you invested two years. And you were building and you did a lot of hard work. You learned the strategies, you learned the vision, you've been working on yourself. And then you realize because you had that vision of the thing that you wanted, which is the time freedom and the location freedom, you realize you weren't loving the thing that you built. And it's, it's, it is an aha moment to pause because you are pausing now and reflecting and saying, hey, this isn't the journey that I signed up for. What can I rebuild? that I would absolutely love. And you know what, Ashley, I I thank you and I honor you for reaching that point and making that assessment and being brave enough to say, hey, I'm the one responsible for this and I want to create something that makes me happy because you did have a choice. You could just go back to corporate, but that's not what you're doing.
0: Well, it's interesting because, and whether a person decides to... Go back to corporate, or relaunch their business, or you know, go into a different career direction, like altogether. It's to me what I've found is that it's um, it's more about who I who I who have become, who I'm becoming, and and I think that that's what I've learned really from the mindset that it's not because what what I found earlier this year, you know, there was a lot of personal deep personal challenges over the past year and a half that have whittled away at at me and and my health and then on top of it trying to figure out what is it because it takes a while to figure out what is it that i actually like you know like it takes some distance to from a you know from one environment to another so leaving corporate becoming an entrepreneur it takes some time to like shift and adjust um and and figure out so that, all, that applies to your offers. So, you know, if I'm going from copywriting to copy coaching, that's a different experience. If I'm doing group coaching, one-on-one coaching, that's a different experience. If I'm doing a six-week group container versus a six-month group container, that's a different. So it's really, I think, you know, I, I remember going into being an entrepreneur hearing like, it's all an experiment. And I'm like, whatever. That's what people say to make you like feel better about going through the unknowns. And Now that I'm, you know, two and a half years into it, it's like no, it actually is, and I think that there is great relief when you lean into the experimental side of it because you detach. Like, there's there's almost like a little bit of a detachment that needs to happen because unhealthy dependencies can exist between an entrepreneur and the business that they're trying to create.
1: I love that you mentioned that Ashley, because what I heard there is you needed that clarity that only you can you know, sit and assess and come up with what is it you want to create? What is it you want to build? And the experimenting is now you're trying different things to see what is the one that you love that lights you up that you want to put all your time and energy into.
0: Well, and it takes a while to know yourself, right? So, you know, we're, we're raised in wherever, you know, wherever you may live in the world. Um, You're raised with a certain experience, like a certain conditioning, right? Cultural conditioning, academic conditioning, workplace conditioning, that for many of us, at least the people that I've come into contact with, I very seldom meet people that don't fall into this, is that we we're raised to fall into line, right? So it's, we're, we go to, we graduate high school. We're encouraged to go to college so that we can get a job after and work that predetermined preset job until we retire when we can really start to finally live our life. And what it ha- what happens is, is that along that way, it's, it's an assumed path and you never stop to think like, how do I actually want to like have my life to live like it's just beyond like it was for me it was very much beyond my own understanding because i was so conditioned to to show up in a certain way think a certain way believe a certain way and that came from that that wasn't just my my employment that was my church family culture where i live volunteering all these voices that have quite loud opinions on how you should live and function in the world and it takes a it takes attention and awareness to identify that and then it takes effort and dedication to start to unravel that and it's just not i had no idea I, all the stuff i'm telling you right now if i would have asked, if i we would play this podcast for like 2019 ashley she'd be like oh dear <laughs> who is this person
1: <laughs> it's it's good that you're sharing that ashley because i mean when we signed up to be entrepreneurs we were thinking like you said the time freedom the location freedom you're going to find a thing you love and you're going to have that joy every day but we hadn't done the mindset work you know the simple work of sitting down and saying what do i want what makes me happy and you know by that point in time we probably never had a coach you know to spend that time and think and reflect on what we want for ourselves but becoming an entrepreneur like I I can't tell you how many coaches I have right now. It's like a coach for everything because I want to do it and I want to do it faster. But there's things I know that I need to unlock for myself.
0: You know, I don't even know. Like There are things you don't even know that a coach can see that you can't even see within yourself. And that's, that's what the maddening I, part. that's what I want
1: to share with you, because a lot of, you talked about the culture, how we grew up. We don't know all the stuff that was placed on us, the things that we heard. We just don't know what it is. And a lot of times a coach helps you unlock that because we can't see it. And, you know, sometimes the coach replays it for you and you're like, oh, I now get it because you just don't. Right. I went to this amazing summit last week. And as Brendan Burchard was doing a coaching summit, and as he started, he said something that I would say my jaw dropped because it was me. He said, there's two things holding you back. One of it is your mindset, where you lack confidence in yourself. You know, previously, I would say, hell no, that's not me. I can do stuff. But there's stuff that when I have to do it, I hesitate. And I, you know, when I ask myself, why am I hesitating? It's because I don't know how to do it. And that's a limiting belief because if I'm learning, I should be able to do it and try and fail. But a lot of times because we've, you know, we have spent a lot of time on this planet already and we're experts in certain things. But when you cross the line and you do something new, you're a learner and that's okay. And the second thing he said is, The thing that's holding you back could be the model or the process. So if you know your stuff, if you have a good process, then you're confident in that the only thing holding you back, and this is a shocker for everybody. The only thing holding you back
0: is you. Oh, we're all holding ourselves back. Like it's, yeah, we shoot ourselves in in the foot. You know, if I were to go back and redo, like redo the entrepreneur path again it wouldn't actually be like what like april 2020 it would be i would and i didn't even know that that these people existed i didn't know anything about the coaching industry my mind of coaches was like high school coaches or maybe executive coaches or stuff like that if i were to do it again about a year before i was considering leaving corporate i would have hired a mindset coach to take me through Do well while I'm still working corporate, clear out, really address, go deep into childhood wounds, limiting beliefs. I would, I would hire coaches to help me prepare intentionally for the transition to become an entrepreneur because learning what you're learning a lot of it so much of being an entrepreneur, you're learning on the job, you're learning as you go. But when it comes to some of the mindset stuff, if like, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have known that there were people in the world who could have helped me before I signed up to become an entrepreneur. Like it would have made it so much, especially, you know, starting in a time like a pandemic or, you know, who knows if we're going into a recession or not, any, any marketplace volatility or marketplace like fears, economic fears that can, that's enough to like mess with your own kind of internal wiring. If you're new and you don't know, right. You don't have any experience under your belt to say, well, I can weather different storms. I just have to pivot, you know, But I wish I would have started that way before. And actually, in reality, even before being an entrepreneur, I wish I would have done that years ago.
1: And actually, it's funny you say that because I didn't even learn about a mindset thing until we started that journey to become business owners, because it's like before that, you're like, hey, that's how I was brought up. This is how I see the world, right? You never really dug deep inside to say why like why do you think that way right we didn't know those phrases and now it's on we speak of it so commonly because we can tag it to something and we know what it is you know every time you decide to do something and that little voice comes on to say hey do you really know how to do that like you know and and you start hearing all these negative things it's a limiting belief that's coming up for you even setting a you know goal on the amount of income that you make, right? So let's say your parents made $500 a week and now you're making $500 a day. You think, hey, I'm way better than them, but you know what, that's not your true potential and you are putting a limit on yourself. Things like that I find, especially where money is concerned, a lot of us have so many limiting beliefs because we did not grow up being rich. And we've heard people talk about rich people. And I'm putting air quotes in that because, you know, you know, some of the things you heard about rich people.
0: Well, and I and I'm so glad you brought that up because money mindset was probably the first big limiting belief that was actually I actually identified self-identified as I have limiting beliefs around money. Uh, the other stuff, it was more of like, Oh, is that what it was more of a surprise and kind of caught off guard, but the money thing, Oh yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I know. I know I do, but I didn't know. I did. I mean, like, I didn't know how deep it would go. And I learned, you know, that we have like, you know, I grew up below poverty line, like as a kid. And, you know, I never felt, we ne- we had all of our needs met and, you know, we never went hungry anything like that. Um, but Like I look at my, like my grandmother on my mom's side, I was very close with my grandparents, but she grew up and was homeless whenever she was a young child. She and her, her family lived out of a truck along a river in Oklahoma and her first job, she was three years old and pulling cotton and her whole life was spent working hard. And she had two successful businesses. So I, you know, as a child, I pick up success means you have to work hard. It means that it's, it's hard work and working hard. And I also learned that there is a pride in poverty because she would, she was fiercely proud of her family. And I love growing up, hearing those stories, but there was a pride in the poverty. There was a pride in talking about the deals that she got at the store or at the garage sales. And and as a kid, I never knew anything about it it, because it's taking pride in like your upbringing. But what I didn't realize was it was baking into me judgments about wealthy people and judgments about wealth. And then, you know, I had my religious upbringing that also, like funked things up <laughs> with money. And so it just created this really weird relationship with money where you want you want more money, but you can't say you want more money because that makes you materialistic. And then you think, you know, well, who wouldn't want to be wealthy? Like I want to have my own business and and make all this money. But, you know, there's pride in poverty, like in and then and, and the struggle and the, the story of the struggle. And all of that impacts how you show up as a business owner. It impacts how you price your offers, how you market your offers, what you believe you deserve. If you pay yourself more than before you pay a team or before you invest in something, it's crazy. It's crazy how many areas it affects and how young it starts in our lives all the way up. It,
1: it's amazing you brought that up because for me, I also self identified the money mindset. That one I knew right away. Like I remember the day I heard it, I was in a summit. And I, I heard it and it, it felt as though my jaw dropped on the table where I said, oh, my gosh, I have a limiting belief. And I said, A, because I thought that was it. But then after that, it's like, you know, every now and again, it shows up and, you know, I question myself. And then I realize, oh, my gosh, that's another one. And there's another one. And there's another one. They're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> So, Ashley, you know, it's amazing that we had this conversation because, you know, a lot of people think when you hop into a business, you need to know how to build the funnels and how to price the offer and how to get the clients. But the biggest thing that you need to work on is you and your mindset. Even if you're in a corporate space, learning about your mindset, your limiting beliefs helps you thrive in that corporate environment because you're better aware of you, you're better aware of how you react to things, and you're able to succeed wherever you are, whether you're in corporate or you're starting a business or you're a business owner growing your business. It is the number one thing that you need to
0: work on. Well, and I and it, it's so important because it affects not just your business life, it affects your relationships, it reflects, I mean, it, it, it touches everything your hobbies your relationships your your happiness your well-being your health all of that and the reality of this is for many business owners like especially for those in the early stages like we shoulder it all we shoulder the offers the funnels the marketing the everything you know and the mindset work and it's all important and serves a purpose and my, but mindset is like the your mindset and your identity and, and like how how you you are who you be so to speak it it affects it's the foundation, right? And so my biggest advice would be to work on them both work, get, get that business coach. That's going to help you with the strategy and the tactics to create something that's really aligned with you and the direction at the life you want to create the goals and dreams that you have, make sure that those strategies align with that, but you also got to know yourself. And in, and that part of that, knowing yourself is, is experimenting, but it's also bringing on that mindset coach and saying, okay, I need to like, if I, if I'm really about accelerating, you can accelerate in your, your business, your strategy and your tactics, and you can accelerate in your mindset development too. Like do not DIY this. That would be my biggest advice. Do not DIY because there's that saying, the fish can't see the water. Like I can't, unless you are gifted and bless you listeners. If all of y'all can see and know all of your limiting beliefs, I am not I wear glasses, but I cannot see that well, <laughs> and I need someone to point out because, like, I just don't—I don't see them all, and and I'm not trained, and I'm not trained in the mindset work to know how to identify them and then what to do. It's one thing to know you have one thing, Shabade, for you to know that you have a money mindset issue. It's another thing for you to release it and replace it and then sustain that because there's a maintenance that also happens when you reprogram or like you release old beliefs and you replace them with new ones or ones that you actually believe to be true, not ones that you were told to believe. There's a maintenance to that because we tend to just slip right on back to what we know and what we're used to. So that takes someone having having someone like come in who's trained and who knows what they're doing to keep you on track.
1: It's amazing that you say that because keep in mind, these things have been ingrained in us, maybe from childhood, and it's just been getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So yes, identifying it doesn't fix it. And like Ashley said, you do need a coach to work through it with you because we all have these things. It's like you have this garden in your mind, and these limiting beliefs are like weeds in that garden. And sometimes you don't even know they're there because they're under the ground. You can't even see them. And that's why a coach can help you identify it. They see the behaviors. They see, they listen to the things you're saying and they're able to help you identify it and then replace it with something beautiful that will serve you.
0: Oh my gosh, it's true. And a a good mindset coach is going to know how you're wired. So like mine, she... (laughs) She will tell me, she would, I remember when we first started working together, she would say like, Ashley, you get an A plus in self-awareness. And I'm like, oh, the achiever in me loves to hear this. And then, so she's like, you get an A plus in self-awareness, but not in actually releasing and like replacing. And, you know, like it's one thing to be aware of something and another thing to let it go. And so we had a good laugh at that because I was like, okay, it's true. But you said I got an A plus. I know I would just keep repeating what you said, but it's it's true. It's it's all true, and I lost my train of thought there, so
1: that's okay. Ashley,
0: what's one way for the audience to connect with you? I am on Facebook. I am on. Oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared for this question. This is terrible. You can find <laughs> me on Instagram, and I'm pretty sure my. I'm so used to being like a ghost writer that I uh, don't even. Okay, so. My Instagram handle, this is terrible. My Instagram handle is Ashley Cook Writes. So Ashley Cook, W-R-I-T-E-S. You can also find me on Facebook at probably the same thing. No, always Ashley Lane. Or you know what? Just go to my website, ashleycook.co, ashleycook.co. And uh, we can get in touch that way. That has all my social links on it. So
1: that's great. And Ashley, I'll grab all those social links from you and also add it to the show notes so our listeners can find that information in there. Ashley, thank you so much for being vulnerable today, for sharing your lessons learned for the past two years and a bit on your entrepreneurial journey, and also tying that into your corporate experience because a lot of times it's these little things that we're not taught about that trips us up as business owners. And it all works together.
0: It's all working together for our good. That's, that's the good news.
1: Thank you for listening to the Lead and Lift podcast. Like I mentioned, you can check the show notes for all the contact information. And remember, you have the ability to lead and
0: lift others along your journey. Thank you for listening to Lead and Lift with Shabade Jagwal Ramna. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guests' contact information in the show notes. We have resources to improve your leadership, your communication, and your confidence at leadandlift.com. We invite you to go check those out. Stay tuned for the next episode.